everyone. Welcome to the third episode of Intercast, Paying It Forward. I'm Sandy Pham. I'm Joanna Huynh. And I'm Alicia Yu. Today we have a couple of guests with us, so please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Adrian Crew Capric Zone. I'm the International Projects Coordinator for this year. Hi, I'm Helen, and I am the Community Project Coordinator for this year. Hi, my name is Kayla Wong, and I was the past International Projects Coordinator. So in today's episode, we're just going to go over um, FLC or Fall Leadership Conference and talk about the projects that Interact District 5170 will be focusing on this year and our um, and how last year's projects went. So does anyone want to go and introduce what FLC is or what happened this year? Yeah, so FLC is a two-day virtual event, and previously it's been held at Independence High School, but then this year, because of COVID, we made it virtual, and it's basically a fall leadership conference where people can attend leadership workshops and get to network with other interactors from all across the district. Yeah, and for those of you that attended FLC, you'll know that because it was virtual, we had Zoom calls, and then the workshops were done through breakout rooms. And it was actually really, really fun. Like um, there were a lot of different topics that the first, that the workshops were about, like time management or organization. And it was really insightful. And I loved hearing particularly the project speeches. I thought that it was really efficient that the projects were actually streamed through YouTube because it was free. And then while FLC was happening, I actually sent the link to a lot of my friends and they were able to watch as well. So I think that's actually a really nice change from last year because then we're able to really spread the message of our projects like I guess more far and wide which is not which is not something that could have happened I guess on kind of like a normal FLC schedule where everyone has to buy tickets and stuff so that was really cool to me um and also something else that I really loved as like an attendee for FLC um was like, like um, Joanna said at first, like the different workshops, I guess, were really different this year because usually when we're in there in real life, we usually have like the basic ones like leadership, time management and everything like that. And I feel like this year we, they, um, people were really able to like push DC to be creative, um, use different platforms so that everybody can participate. And I feel like because we were virtual, we actually got a lot more participation. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know. I think it was really cool because somebody literally made um, like an Among Us game and I just thought that was really fun and it kept the um, audience engaged. Yeah, I thought it was like a really nice change from previous years, um, especially like with the way that they did it. Like they sent out a link and then it had like a personalized itinerary with all the links you need. Um, you could tell that DC put a lot of effort into making it really special this year. So speaking of project speeches, on the first day, Kayla Wong and Valerie Fu talked about last year's project. So would you like to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I could give a little update about our project from last year as well as a little recap. So last year, our international project or international project was called Build for Tomorrow, where we worked with this organization called Build On um, to raise funds to build schools in Nicaragua. And like one of the biggest goals um, with building schools is that um, interactors were able to connect with the project on a different level because on, usually for international projects, um, the places that we're trying to impact are very far away. Um, but with education, we're able to have a more universal connection with it um, with everybody in Interact District 5170. Um, 
And as for our community project, Recover Through Resilience, um, we worked with this organization called Shatterproof um, to basically just help increase ac treatment access across the country and support um, addiction research and also help develop substance abuse support programs as well. Um, and with that, both of these, I feel like it was definitely a different era for Interact um, because of COVID and everything, but it was really a time for us to kind of turn faces and also talk a little bit more about like the harder to talk about topics like drug abuse. I think the international project in particular was really special to me because um, I had the opportunity to be the project presenter for the Area 6 charity dinner and that was a really amazing experience because like even researching more about the project and like the issue was very insightful and I realized that most interactors or like a lot of interactors that I know their understanding of the project is usually very like surface level like they know they've like heard of it they've heard of like build for tomorrow but they don't really know why it's so important and like kind of what goes on beyond the surface and um, as I was doing research about the situation in Nicaragua I learned so much and I think knowing more about the reasons why the illiteracy rate is so high and the reasons why um, not that many children are able to go to school there, it was very insightful and it made me care so much about the project. Like I was so invested as I was doing the research and being able to give a speech about it after doing all that research was amazing because I cared so much about it at that point and I wanted other people to care about it too. And just it really put into perspective how important education can be to the opportunities that might be available to you in the future. And with the community project, I also really like the community project because drug abuse is a topic that can be kind of controversial and like has a lot of stigma around it. But Interact, um, I think is very different from other clubs or like is very unique in that way that we're, we're willing to stand for what we believe in and um, be bold about certain topics that need to be talked about. Yeah, I for sure agree with everything you said. Like, I remember, I really specifically remember yours and Jonathan's presentation at um, A6 Charity Dinner. Um, and I think that's the beauty of projects. Like, the projects aren't just alive, or the whole goal of projects is to keep it alive throughout the year, not just during FLC or, like, the few weeks after FLC. And I think that, Joanna, you really brought that to life because at the A6 Charity Dinner, I was completely blown away because I was, you know, looking at everybody else's, like, project speeches and stuff like that. And I think that was just something that, really grabbed the audience's attention and like refreshed their memory almost about our projects and the importance of um, keeping our goals. Yeah, for sure. And I think that sometimes speakers or events are a kind of underrated part of Interact because it doesn't necessarily raise any money or doesn't necessarily count as volunteering. But I think like what Joanna said and what Kayla said, I agree with you guys, like spreading awareness is half of it. And that can really propel people to do other things like to donate money or to volunteer more. And not just for Interactors, but also anybody who hears our speeches as well. They can be inspired just to do a little bit more research on these topics. And so I find it very inspiring. And an example that I can give is last year area 12 or Limbrook Interact specifically we did a speakers event with um, somebody I think it was like a therapist somebody who worked related to like teen drug abuse and I thought that it was very eye-opening a lot of people could ask questions about things that they were personally struggling with um, and just like learn more about the topic something as Joanna said is a little bit more controversial but still really really important to bring to light um, so I really like how that aspect of Interact is becoming more strong across the years. And I hope that continues this way this year, especially for our projects. Yeah, 
I can also go into a little bit about like the end of the year statistics um, for, from last year's projects. So um, last year's projects, our monetary goal was $120,000. Our plan was to split the money 50-50 between the, both projects so that we could have 60,000 for the um, schools in Nicaragua um, and 60,000 for Shadow Cruise. Um, and obviously we all know um, COVID kind of just hit us and like second semester were kind of just like shaved off. Um, so um, it was a really big bummer because obviously a lot of the events um, in second semester are the ones that raise the most money for us. Um, so we did end up with about $34,000 in the end. Um, and they're still in the process of like counting and like like moving money around and stuff, but that's like around the numbers that we have now. Um, and as for hourly goals, we actually passed our hourly goal um, and we have about like 33,000 plus hours, which is really impressive because I don't know, it really just goes to show like, even with the short amount of time, we were still able to you know push out those hours within just the first semester. Um, and I think something that came out of like, even though like COVID kind of put us like in a stop for a little bit, I think something that was really great that came out of it was actually area reps um, because me and Valerie, we actually, um, mobilized the area rep um, situation during second semester um, when everybody was virtual. And all the area reps were able to um, raise money for, um, or not raise money, just raise money and awareness for other issues other than the international and community projects. Um, what I'm talking about is obviously the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, during those few months, we came out with um, a Black Lives Matter movement um, newsletter. And I think that was super impactful and informative because as leaders of Interact and as you know, people who love service, service is much more than hours and stuff like that. We need to like stand with our community and show um, support and everything like that. And I think that was something that was super beneficial coming out of COVID. Helen, do you wanna talk about being on projects or area reps? Yeah, sure. I can talk about being an area rep. I definitely thought that it was something like COVID-19 kind of like, as you said, um, pushed us to be more creative with our limits. And I think it was kind of similar to a lot of clubs at that time. Um, a lot of clubs kind of didn't know how they can continue fundraising because they were planning on doing it through like your charity dinners or speakers events and all of these events couldn't happen anymore and they really couldn't find a way to make money. Um, but as Kayla said, like it's not always about making money. So the BLM newsletter kind of did that. And then we also started um, a senior like pen pal letter project. I know not all the areas did it, but some areas did it. And we basically worked with Rotary to match. So like for every single letter that people wrote, Rotary would donate $1, for example. And we found that Rotary was actually very generous with their money uh, because they were also planning to donate their money to other events. And so they just shifted their money to to these sort of things. So I think it definitely pushes you to be more creative and utilize the opportunities that you get in Interact. Um, so, you know, it's not always such a bad thing to have COVID. Um, it can, good things can stem out of it as well. I think one of the biggest things about working with Build On is that we really wanted, like I said earlier, for interactors to feel like they were connected to the projects. And one of the big things that we were, was like in the process of planning was actually a trek to Nicaragua. So what we were planning to do was actually to partner with Build On and send a couple interactors to Nicaragua and physically help um, jumpstart the school that we are actually raising money for. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't do that because of COVID and everything, but that would have been a super great experience for you all to experience as well. Um, just to physically send interactors and like 
work on international project. You know, it's literally international and we get to see our impact um, like firsthand. Um, but I really hope that's something that maybe this year's projects can also implement into their projects. Maybe not traveling because COVID, but like something else. Well, it seems like we ended last year's um, district projects pretty well, um, despite the coronavirus situation. But this year we started like right in the middle of the pandemic. So how did that affect um, creating this year's projects? Yeah, I think that when I was choosing my community project, COVID-19 was definitely a very significant event that I considered. And that was really the main inspiration for how I came up with my community project, which is called Combating with Care and focuses on alleviating the disproportionate effects of COVID-19 on marginalized communities in the Bay Area. So it really wouldn't have happened if COVID-19 was not the central issue of the project. And I think that when I was devising this community project, I chose an event that I knew that a lot of people could relate to and an event that would be really impactful, not just this year, but also the years to come. So I thought that this opportunity is one that we can't afford to not take advantage of right now. We have to help the community around us and we can't ignore what's happening um, by focusing on another issue that may be considered less important. So that's really how COVID affected my project. Um, for my project, I always knew about the Yemen crisis. It's actually the worst humanitarian crisis, but like Hem Helen said um, it increased exponentially because of COVID and the death toll is supposed to um, be, exceed 200,000, which is more than they've had in the past five years. So I knew it was an issue like I really had to um, get to, especially with the COVID crisis making it so much worse. So that's basically the process of choosing my project because during the COVID pandemic, I feel like there was a lot more awareness on global issues. And I'd go on Instagram and like see people like reposting like, oh, the Yemen crisis, donate here and here and here. But I noticed there was never like one like specific platform to like contribute all the money towards. And I felt like there wasn't really a way for um, teenagers in the Bay Area to all unite together for this issue. So I really want to create like a streamlined way for everyone to be involved, especially since Interact is such a vast network of people. Yeah, I think that with the pandemic, a lot of people have been staying at home. Obviously, people have been at home, but I think it's really brought out like a whole wave of a lot of activism, especially from Gen Z, like on social media, like I always see the posts about petitions or like inform like infographics and stuff like that. And like what I think is really special about Interact is that because our projects change every year, we're able to keep it relevant and kind of direct attention to what we really need to direct attention to at that time. And I think this is really amazing how we're able to help out the COVID-19 crisis as well as the Yemen crisis. That's something I really love about the projects this year. Yeah, I also really, really love how we're all able to kind of raise awareness online. Like I'm really proud of how we adapted to the coronavirus pandemic and also going back to how well FLC went. And as was mentioned before, I enjoy looking at all those infographics and other posts like that online because they do provide more information to me about those crises and I do get sometimes get access to links that I can click on to contribute more and help out with these situations so definitely I want Interact to be able to continue raising awareness like that online and if anyone's watching this I just want to say if you find any of these resources like on social media or on other platforms then you should go ahead and click on them because 
they do provide they are very informative and you can find lots of ways to take action right now even if you're not like going out or not allowed to do anything like that so that's also very cool Yeah, I can talk a little bit more about the way that I designed the community project in light of the restraints that a lot of people may be facing. Um, so I know that's like, like upon first glance, you know, just combating COVID is a very vague kind of project. It can cover almost anything. And part of that is that's the point. Um, that's the point of having two phases is to make it a little bit more specific. But I also want to make sure that each phase can be still accessible via service opportunities and via ways to donate money for every person, no matter what constraints they may be facing. So for example, if we only focus on accessible health care, then certain people who can't um, afford to go to a hospital right now because of the contamination and other risks um, won't be able to take part in those service activities activities and it would be harder for schools to be able to find related service activities. Um, so I think that I designed this community project for two reasons. And the first one is because it can cover so many different things. So it can cover poverty, healthcare, mental health, hunger, anything that people may be facing that's been exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic and is affecting people in the Bay Area can fall under combating with care um, just because all of these things are truly being affected and there are active ways that people can take even within the limits of their own home. And the second reason is because I had already chosen a charity that could really fit within the framework of the two phases related to the community project and that is United Way Bay Area. United Way Bay Area is a very holistic nonprofit organization because they don't limit themselves to one cause and they definitely make sure to step up to whatever causes they find. So for example right now they have a COVID-19 relief fund and then they also have relief funds related to a rental relief uh, as well as some other things such as their SparkPoint financial assistance program. And I think that they're just, they work with a lot of nonprofits. That's why they're able to be so holistic. And that's why they also have a lot of volunteer opportunities available to interactors on their website. And I thought that that was really fitting within the constraints of COVID-19. And for me, I knew I wanted to pick an organization with a lot of um, online presence and a really like renowned one, especially because it's so hard to raise money, especially right now. So I chose World Food Program USA, which is actually a branch of the United Nations World Food Program. It's actually the largest nonprofit for delivering food assistance globally, and they currently work in 80 countries, I believe, they actually won the Nobel Peace Prize this year, which is super cool. And although the project is focused in Yemen, which is really far away, um, they gave me like a list of statistics I could choose on what I want our money to donate to. So I chose to um, fund families. So our money this year is going to be helping 650 families directly for a month through food boxes. So I think that's a really um, unique part of the project is these are like tangible actions that can be um, done even with the restraints of the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. Something that I really like about the international project is that people can physically see the impact that they do. Um, as Adrienne says in her speech, it's not just a big claim that we're going to solve the humanitarian crisis in Yemen, because we know that as teenagers, you know, just 7,000 of us, that is not something that we can take on in such an easy way, and it can't be easily said either. But I really liked how she definitely quantified it for all of us so we can have, you know, a goal like these 650 families by raising money, you're helping one more of these 650 families get food. It's not just a blatant claim that nobody can reach exactly. And then I guess that also fits into the goals that we have for this year. So for the community project, our service goal is 30,000 hours and our financial monetary goal is $25,000. 
Um, for international, um, our financial goal is $50,000 for this year. Um, I have a question about the international project, actually. So because yeah. we're sending um, these food boxes to these families, um, does that mean that the money that we collect will be sent like on a monthly basis or will it be sent like all at the end of the year or how will that work? Yeah, so basically um, at the end of the year, so basically once we finish fundraising, all that money is going to be donated to World Food Program USA. And depending on how much money we raise, um, it's $77 for one food box to feed a family of five for a month. So basically you just correlate that into how much we raise. So the goal is to um, provide 650 food boxes for 650 families, but hopefully even if we can't achieve that, we'll be able to impact a significant amount. And these food boxes contain like the basic necessities, but it helps um, them, especially since the, the food will be going to like malnourished families. Um, so another reason why I liked United Way Bay Area is because they were so super helpful and super flexible with the two phases. And I feel like that's something I haven't touched on a lot in this podcast yet. So the first phase is going to be recovery, focusing on immediate and emergency needs. So whether that's helping out with like stopping hunger by volunteering at food pantries or by donating clothes or by helping with rental relief, that all helps towards the immediate and emergency needs. And then for the second semester, it's going to be rebuilding. So rebuilding specifically with financial assistance. So that includes skill building and job assistance. And there's actually not a lot of nonprofit organizations that are as large of a scale as United Way Bay Area that focus specifically on financial or economic assistance. So these sort of things like helping people actually find jobs and helping people write resumes. A lot of other nonprofits are either much smaller, they're either private or they have some kind of um, or they're kind of not related to like non-emergency needs. And so they provide other caveats with their support as well. And so that's why I really like the United Way Bay Area Spark Point program. Um, if you attended the Pay It Forward workshop in Fall Leadership Conference, probably 50% of you guys wrote cards towards the, their clients at Spark Point and they helped them find these sort of jobs, which I really thought pertained directly to the rebuilding phase that I really liked. Um, and also the reason why, if you guys are wondering, the reason why I had two phases was because um, I did consider that COVID COVID-19 might not be as prominent of an issue anymore as once that we have a vaccine that can be accessible to everybody that might not be an issue anymore in second semester that a lot of people care about. Um, and this was back when I was brainstorming it in June. So definitely things have certainly changed and it still is a very large issue right now, even predicted to be in the second semester. Um, however, I still think rebuilding and recovery both work hand in hand with how this project is going to go. It seems like you guys have talked a lot um, and have exchanges with the organizations that you guys are planning your projects with. So how is that connection with your, uh, with your organization? How has that been? Um, basically for me, for, at first when I was contacting organizations, I made like a list of the ones I was interested in, but World Food Program USA really stuck out to me. So I, ad I ended up like choosing them and basically how we communicate now is we'll like set up calls and I also email this lady she's like a director of one of the branches and it's really like easy to communicate with her because she can always like link me up to like other people like if you saw in the video from FLC she actually reached out to a influential figure in the organization and he gave an amazing speech about World Free Program USA and their goals. Mm -hmm. And for the community project with United Way Bay Area, I first reached out to the director of corporate giving, and then I was connected with some more people, including Anna, who gave the United Way Bay Area video shown at 
the Fall Leadership Conference. And I think it's been really great working with them. They're super open about volunteering opportunities. So when I asked them about a volunteer opportunity that could be used in the Pay It Forward workshop, they definitely gave me a lot of different options that we can look towards. Although, you know, having like 1,000 people working towards a service project is definitely a very large, um, large bulk that they have to handle. And they didn't necessarily need 1,000 cards. So that's why we split it up among so many organizations. But just their accessibility of being in the Bay Area and being so responsive, I've had a really great experience with them. And I'm so happy that all of us as interactors are working toward them this year. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of also want to add on about like, the importance of like how um, great your guys' like organizations are. Because I think even them just like making a video for you guys and like for like these teenagers, I think is super important. And it shows that they are like, like we are, like part of like their priority list. Like they literally addressed us as like Interact District 5170. And I think that's pretty crazy because we as interactors might seem like small little people compared to like their big organizations. And I think it's really cool that they treat us as like partners and like, I don't know. I think, I think it's really cool that they mentioned this. Like Adrienne said, her program literally won a Nobel Peace Prize. And I think that's just super cool that we get to like partner up with these, all these cool organizations. Yeah, I agree. I think these organizations are super cool, especially because World Food Program, they're the ones that are behind free rice. And like so many of the home clubs have been using free rice, especially, and even at FLC um, as service activities. And the fact that free rice were like kind of directly um, helping them through this service activity and like how accessible um, and connected we are to the program already. I thought it was really cool how that was one of the organizations that we're working with this year. Yeah, I agree. I remember when I was looking at organizations and I saw that like um, WFP was affiliated with Free Rice. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Cause I know like in the past, like a lot of service organizations do that, but like in a way it's kind of another aspect and like how we can like impact the, the international project, like not necessarily by funding, but like through like these small little things. Um, so in order to reach the fundraising and service goal, service hour goals that you guys have set this year, do you guys have anything that you have in mind for fundraisers for the projects or ways that we can benefit the project throughout this year? Yeah, so for sure. So this year, we're definitely like looking into having like more like project merch fundraisers. Um, and also we're like tapping into the possibility of corporate sponsorships. This is currently in the process, but we've been like looking at like the top 50 companies with corporate sponsorships and giving and trying to like reach out to them and display like our messages and trying to see if they'd be willing to. We also have outreach, which have been looking for close to home sponsorships if Helen wants to talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, our outreach coordinators are unfortunately not on this podcast, but we definitely want to bring light to the hard work that they've been doing related to the projects. So for example, they found some locals companies such as a salsa company nearby who is willing to sponsor some sponsor us our projects and donate money to the projects as well as interact in general, which I thought was great. Um, even if these large companies are not necessarily supporting us at the moment it's still great that we can look for places near home who can still offer this support which i really enjoy yeah and to add on to that also we've had um some members on district council be presenting these projects to rotary to try to like get as much uh, money as possible and if you're watching this and like your home club like has a good connection with rotary i definitely recommend trying to do that because rotarians are very nice and generous and they're definitely like a big aspect on how we can fundraise this year because even 
normally like they would like sponsor us for like interact related events but since like we don't we won't be having like as many of those it's definitely a good way to like just ask for donations since our projects can really make an impact this year yeah um actually one of the things kevin has been working on actually started already in a2 during our, like our october service frenzy which is still going on right now um we're actually partnering up with um casa sanchez which is like the salsa company that helen actually talked about and they already like donated like quite a lot of money to us and they're like giving out free salsa and everything to like interactors and I think that is super cool because we get to partner up with local companies like that company is literally centered in Hayward which is part of A2 um, and I think that's just super cool that you guys are all finding new ways and creative ways to strengthen your outreach um, skills communication skills and just work at it even though we're in the middle of a pandemic yeah I think it's really cool that um even though we're high schoolers, we can still be connected to like a so much larger network, like Rotary connects us to adults, but we can also like reach out to other companies. And I think that's the beauty of Interact. Like it gives us all these opportunities that we never thought were possible. And it's a really great way to make connections. Um, before we go to our closing, I was wondering if Kayla, um, after hearing what this year's project coordinators have been um, up to, do you have any advice or any tips for them going into this year? Yeah, um, for sure. I remember I met, so I met Helen like last year. I met her because she was a part of my um, area rep team and I met her last year and I was super really blown away by even how she talked. She talks with so much purpose. I love her. Um, and Adrienne, I met her over the summer during our DC um, like what is it like the boot camp retreat love her as well she literally had she came with so many great ideas um and you know they're both super great their projects are super great they're solid um and I guess my advice for you both is to I think make a timeline of where you want to be like month by month because I think something that we should have definitely done last year was be able to like organize our time and like see into the future what we want to do. Um, because we were planning obviously area reps to be released in second semester. And we were also planning to have like speaker events released in second semester. But obviously none of that happened because of COVID and everything. And I think it's just really good for you all or you both or anybody who has like home clubs or whatever um, to plan out what a timeline of what you want in the future. So even if you're like, even right after FLC and you might be a little bit burnt out, you still have something to look forward to and someone or something to plan for. Um, so if you guys want to do any speaker events, definitely plan them right now. Um, or at least like set a date or like a month that you guys want to have it by. Um, and I think that's just really good at keeping or that will help keep yourself in check in a bit. So that's my advice. Thank you for the advice. <laughs> Thank you. It's like so cool to like um, be able to like talk to you so much about the projects. Like I really look up to you for your work. Um, last year was really inspiring. I look up to you because you're taller. They're both taller than me by like a head. But like I was to get pictures with them and this is me, this is them. Valerie, Helen, and Adrienne, all the same height. And I'm just five one. I think out of us four, Adrian's the tallest, and then <laughs> so then like when we took that picture with like the two people, like you know the new people like squatting down, and then yeah, like, that was so bad. That was like it was funny. It wasn't bad. 
<laughs> so basically, Adrienne, I had to squat in front of me, and I had tried to have to, like, be taller than her, which is not possible. Um, I could try to find the picture right now. I found it. Wait, no, I don't have the squatting one, but look at the heads. Do you see that? The height difference is astronomical. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I physically look up to you. And metaphorically, yes, both of you. Okay. Well, to the viewers who are watching this today, I hope you guys have really learned something new about the projects. Maybe you've watched the videos, but today you've heard personally from our project coordinators, Helen and Adrienne. So I hope the projects hit a little more to the heart and you guys can help us um, in interact District 5170 with our efforts to um, reach our goals and really make a difference. Do you guys have any last words for our viewers? I think this podcast is really cool. What these three ladies are doing right now is super important and impactful. And I think that they're taking a ch this chance to really um, spread awareness in a really creative way. Um, and I really love that for them. Um, you got to see the behind the scenes of Interact. And I highly suggest you continue to follow this podcast and send it to your friends because I will definitely be sending this to my friends and listening to it every last Wednesday of the month. Thank you so much. Um, I love what you guys are doing, project coordinators. I love how you guys are like such a bridge between Interact and um, the organizations that we work with. I think it's really amazing. Yeah, I just want to say um, throughout the year, I know like burnout is real and you can, we can, a lot of people get tired, but I want you like, if you're ever feeling that way, just like take a step back and remember why you joined Interact and remember like the projects and like all the causes that, that we're going to be helping. And even though we're just like part of the Bay Area, we can like create real international change, which is really inspiring. And that's why I think we continue to stay in Interact for these opportunities. Yeah, Adrian and I have the same minds. I was going to say something along that line too. Um, but just adding on to her point, I think that right now, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, you may be facing burnout more than normal years. And that may be really hard to just go to club meetings and uh, always be on Zoom all the time. It's definitely really hard, but you have to remember that a lot of people out there are suffering um, during this time, and we have the opportunity to make change in any little way that you can or any time that you have, you should be spending towards helping your community. And I don't want to tell you that you have to do anything, um, but I am trying to encourage you to definitely serve whenever you can. Um, just understand the impact that can have on the broader community. With all that being said, we leave you guys with the questions. Do you accept this challenge? Um, the question that gets asked every year. And I hope you guys do. Um, all right. I think this just about concludes um, our third episode of Intercast. Um, thank you for our project, project coordinators um, for being here. And yeah, thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Thank you.